brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to another episode of the Touch Points podcast. Uh, today we're going to be looking at scripture uh, to discover and apply the truth of God's word uh, to a specific area of focus uh, that we see very relevant and pressing in our culture. And that question or that area of focus we're going to be looking at today is how do you respond to LGBTQ issues in your family, workplace, entertainment with a biblical perspective as it becomes more prominent in our immediate culture? Culture does not hide its agenda to increase the acceptability and normalcy of LGBTQ plus lifestyle choices. Most, if not every major entertainment and media company encourages the exploration of sexual identity and the approval of any individual that makes the choice to participate or identify in that lifestyle. I do not think Christians are surprised by the domination of LGBTQ plus focuses and themes in our popular culture and the products that it produces. What is surprising is that how rapidly it is increasing and spreading and dominating the people around us. It's becoming more normal to see, to interact with, and to find out that people identify or choose to live lifestyles according to the spectrum. Uh, the spread of LGBTQ plus ideology is no longer something we see on the screen, hear in the news, hear on radio, but something we're starting to see far more often in the interactions around us. Uh, it seems like many families I've had casual conversations with recently have expressed a new awareness or interactions uh, with someone on the LGBTQ plus spectrum. This reality begs the question, why is the identification along the LGBTQ plus spectrum becoming more prominent, even in areas where the traditional view of sexuality has widely remained firm? One doesn't have to search hard to see that the LGBTQ plus ideology is increasingly more prominent because of its popularity and trendiness in the culture around us, especially with younger generations. A whopping 16% of Gen Z identify on the LGBTQ plus spectrum, and over 9% of millennials identify on the LGBTQ plus spectrum, according to a study done in 2021. LGBTQ plus is no longer a spectrum identified with by an extreme minority of one or a couple demographics, but it is growing into a dominant mindset held by many individuals, even if their lifestyle doesn't reflect the LGBTQ plus spectrum. They embrace it, they accept it, and they want to see it normalized. So why is all of this becoming so mainstream? Are people suddenly coming to realizations of who they are because of a widespread tolerance? Has the acceptance level of our culture finally produced an environment where people can identify in ways that their parents and grandparents could not? I don't think so. LGBTQ plus prominence has not been realized because of a newfound freedom created by a 21st century tolerant culture. Sexually divergent lifestyle choices 
are merely expressions of people's love for sinful pleasure that has taken new forms, new faces with cultures over time. LGBTQ plus lifestyles have been here for all of humanity. People rejecting and choosing other behaviors besides what God has determined. But present day's culture's love for sexually divergent lifestyles does have a unique aspect that makes it unprecedented. And that is that media is incessantly promoting its ideas and values to countless families and areas who would normally not be exposed to to such behaviors. So how do we as Christians respond to the LGBTQ plus ideology overflowing in the entertainment of our day and increasingly present in the spheres of our lives that our friends, our children, our young people, our spouses, and our coworkers come face to face with. To address this issue, I want to look at four crucial points that we can draw from scripture. First, we must remember that sexuality matters to God and therefore should matter to us. Genesis 1.27 says this, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Sexuality has been God-determined, not man-determined. Sexuality is not fluid, but objective by design. The binary sexuality of humanity has been God-determined for his purposes and according to his will. Upon this bedrock, God has established and built his expectations for his people, for his creation, in marriage, in reproducing, and in raising families. Jesus further emphasizes the point in Matthew 19, verses 4 through 6. And he answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. Not only has sexuality been God-determined, but the interaction between the binary sexuality that he created in Genesis, that has been God-determined as well. Marriage between a man and a woman exclusively conforms to the perfect will of God. And anything outside of marriage between a man and a woman is a rebellious choice against the will of God for his creation. Sexuality matters to God. The relationship between a man and a woman ultimately expresses the relationship between Christ and the church as we see in Ephesians 5. Any expression of sexuality outside of the confines of marriage and against the binary structure that God has made in Genesis chapter 1 rejects the will of God and damages the image of Christ and his church, which marriage is intended to reflect. 
So in short, Christians should care about sexuality, its definition, its reality, because it matters to God. Because he's the one that founded it. He's the one that defined it. He's the one that created it. Point number two, speaking against destructive ideals and values of sin is commanded in Scripture. So what are we to do when we encounter LGBTQ plus ideologies at work, at school, in our interactions with our children, friends, family? We speak up and we speak out according to what Scripture says. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. This passage gives us direction and discernment for how to interact with values raised up against the will of God. The Christian opposes the ideals and values that stand in opposition against the will of God. This warfare, this battle is not physical, but spiritual. Truth is the weapon of our warfare that is aimed against the destructive worldviews around us. LGBTQ plus values are a rebellious fortress of ideals built up against the will of God that can only be dismantled and destroyed by the truth of his word. We speak against these sexual ideologies that divert from the truth of God that are present in our culture with the purpose to see that every thought is brought captive to the obedience of Christ, meaning this, that when we speak, our goal should be to see that what a person thinks, that is their values and worldview, become conformed and obedient to the will of Christ and under his authority. Consider also Ephesians 5.11. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. Paul here commands the Ephesians to expose the deeds of darkness, which is a reference to the behaviors and patterns of those dead in sin, the behaviors and patterns that we believers once held to before Christ. He tells them to expose them, to test them in a sense of to put to proof or to lay bare, or to refute. LGBTQ plus ideals are not something to be ignored, to be made fun of, or to be suppressed by Christians. But these issues must be addressed directly and biblically for what they are, spiritually dead ideals raised up against the perfect will of God for his creation. Their true nature must be exposed. They're not weird, They're not quirky or just different ideas, but they are extensions of the evil nature of man in constant rebellion and working against God. As Christians, we must speak to expose LGBTQ plus ideals as destructive, damning, and dangerous while promoting the goodness of God and the truth of his word. And there is a right and wrong way to expose the deeds of darkness. There's a profitable way and an unprofitable way to do this. And then we're going to turn to that focus next. Point number three, when we expose, when we address, when we confront the ideals of darkness, we need to 
keep a biblical demeanor and attitude when addressing those ideas, when we see them in culture, in our families, at work, and everywhere else we are. Colossians 4 verses 5 through 6 gives us direction. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. What is Paul instructing here? First, he tells Christians to be wise in our actions, not to be governed by truth, not emotion, and to make the most or to use efficiently each opportunity we have to interact with unbelievers. The content of our interaction matters, what we say, but also our character, how we say what we say. Everything we do before an unbeliever should be scripture-rooted. Second, our speech or what we say to unbelievers should be with grace as though seasoned with salt. The Christian should speak with wholesome intentions, not deceptive objectives or twisted motives. We do not seek to embarrass, shame, humiliate, or belittle others or to exalt ourselves. Christians should speak truth in grace, meaning we are purposefully truthful and spiritual in what we say. This mindset is focused on the truth being able to save people from sin. Seasoned with salt highlights the purifying element of Christian speech. What we speak should be purposed to destroy what is rotten and corrupted to create a new status of purity. We speak to see the truth cleanse people of the dirtiness of sin. Our speech should be pure and seek to purify the rotten ideals loved and cherished by the world around us. Point number four. In light of all these things, make sure that your young people know the basis behind the Christian worldview of sexuality and that the temptation of sexual deviancy is a temptation to be resisted, not their identity. And this extends to all believers we interact with. This point focuses on a growing reality for our young people and for Christians in general. With with social media, entertainment, social pressures at work, school, and in sports having an unprecedented level of influence in forming the minds of young people and others, Christians need to know how to talk to their children and to other believers about the pressures and the temptations they might face or be facing regularly. I owe the mentioning of this point to a good friend who helped me see the pressing need for Christian parents and Christians in general to focus on this often overlooked reality. Christians can be tempted to participate in LGBTQ practices and values. Homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism are all temptations to sin. To step off the path of obedience and conformity to God's word and to embrace sinfulness. Chances are that you know or are around a Christian that has been tempted to embrace, accept, or participate in LGBTQ plus ideologies or might be tempted in the future. We would be foolish to think that the believers around us or that our children are impervious to such temptations. So how do we address this issue when it comes up with our fellow believers or in our households? First, 
we must communicate that any temptation to participate in the LGBTQ plus values must be treated like any other temptation to sin and demands the same response, resist and flee. 2 Timothy 2.22, now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Believers must be willing and loving enough to voice that a temptation to participate or identify with the popular LGBTQ plus lifestyles, that they must be repudiated to follow Jesus. Those ideas, those values that our culture says are good, are fantastic for a person to embrace, we must repudiate those ideals as followers of Christ because they don't conform with the truth of God's word. But the temptation to follow those values, to identify on that spectrum, is real for many believers. Christians must biblically fill our role in helping those who are tempted to resist it and flee from it, as we see in Galatians 6. Parents, be willing to have honest conversations with your young people about the temptations they might face. And make sure they know the biblical basis for why it is a product of spiritual darkness and how can they resist any temptation they face to maybe identify or participate in the LGBTQ plus spectrum. It can be awkward and uncomfortable, but as Christians, we must be willing to plunge into uncomfortable waters to rescue believers from being overwhelmed with the current of temptation. Being uncomfortable in the moment is worth giving truth that can spare from sin and destruction. Another important point when dealing with believers struggling with temptation in this area or talking with our children about possible temptation in this area is that as Christians, we must encourage other believers and teach our children that our identity foremost and chiefly rests in Christ, not our sinful temptations. In our culture, feelings are everything. But contrary to that, believers must share with other believers and parents must teach their kids that temptations they feel do not express the reality of their identity. Our identity is in Christ and he is the measure of what we live for. Anything that is in Christ, that is beautiful, that is lovely, that we can find in Christ, we live for, we strive for. But anything apart from Christ must be cast aside as worthless for what it is. Consider 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. God has saved us from our sin in Christ Jesus past, present, and future. The shame the condemnation, the dirtiness that once defined us has been washed away and our status changed from unrighteous enemy 
to righteous family. Our identity does not come from what society tells our feelings indicate. The Christian identity is rooted in the love of God displayed in the death of Christ, making us his possession and members of his family, which gives us our ultimate identity. As Christians, we reject and resist a lifestyle that is not suitable or reflecting of those who belong to God's family. And we embrace that which does fit our identity. In believers, brothers and sisters, that is truth worth sharing. And I pray above all that you do share it with others around you. 